Hi, this is Savio. I've been seeking answers to some of life's most perplexing questions my entire life. In 2014, I was diagnosed with stage 3 cancer. And ever since, I realized my calling existed outside of what I knew to be familiar. This podcast is home for survivors like myself and those who yearn to build resilience in their mindset and live their best life. In Season 3, the show includes a mix of coaching sessions followed by interviews with those from all walks of life who have been successful in the wellness, business, media, and travel industries. The intent is to show the human experience in its rawest form so that others may glean insight. Nothing is rehearsed. As a board-certified wellness coach, number one best-selling author, and syndicated columnist, my job is to ask the deep questions of those trying to make sense of their place in this fractured world. I believe life speaks to us in different ways. Many of us listen, but don't know how or where to begin. As someone who has crossed the bridge between life and death, I say simply, begin where you are now and get busy living. If you liked today's episode, I would appreciate it if you could share it. Be sure to tag me at The Human Resolve so I can reciprocate in kind. So without further ado, welcome to The Human Resolve Podcast. Today's podcast guest is copywriter, book coach, and breast cancer survivor, Nicole Washburn. As Nicole states, cancer is a before and after. When I was first diagnosed with breast cancer, I thought I was going to die. I thought that was the death sentence. Part of you does end there. To get through the healing, you have to let things go. I needed that transition into rebirth, into the new me. Hi, Nicole. It's good to see you. Hi, Savio. Nice to see you, too. So what would you like coaching on? Well, it is great to be here to talk with you a little bit about balance, which is, I think, a a bit of a funny word because I've heard people say there's no real balance and yet we do strive for balance. So one of the things that I would love a little bit of help with is balancing projects. I have a lot of projects this year, both with my uh, business and, you know, personal projects, creative projects. I am really fired up. I've had a lot of like intuitive hits and a lot of alignments. So it's like all these things are on fire and yet how do I know which ones to like, can I do them all? And probably more importantly than that is how do I work with the feelings of feeling overwhelmed and making sure that I'm sort of in control on top of this as it's going through it? Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. So what I'm hearing is this idea of balance when it comes to all the projects that you're working on and all the things you feel you you need to be doing for yourself. Is that correct? Mm -hmm, Correct. Correct. Yes, absolutely. What would be a really fantastic outcome for today? I think a fantastic outcome would be that I feel that yes, I can do them all, not in the sense that I have permission to do them all because I do, but that I could actually do them all. I think that would feel really good to me to know that there is a way to kind of do everything and not get that sense that I have to choose, that maybe that instead of either or, there could be a solution that is, you know, I could pursue them all. So a great outcome would be this idea of knowing that you could pursue them all and not having to make any amends for not pursuing them. 
correct? Right. And not feeling overwhelmed and that I've gotten into more than I could chew. Like, I guess to uh, maybe the biggest outcome would be that discernment to know what is the best way to go about this. So it's not to waste time and energy on things that maybe it is too much. I think that's a better outcome for me if I can restate it like that. It's just knowing what's the best way to pursue this. What's the best way to pursue it? Mm-hmm. So, Nicole, how has the word no played an important role in your life? I think it's when I'm going after new things in my business and in, in the, this realm of projects, I think I have an easy no answer. Like I put a pause and I'm sort of, well, think of all the things that could go wrong. So I think I'm an easy no and I have to convince myself to go ahead and do it. There's a lot of yes around the excitement, but I do have a lot of no that comes up. And I think I respect that no, like there's something there that I should pause and look at. And maybe I give it a little too much respect, you know? I think it can be holding me back and it could be the, the inner saboteur talking. And in that no that you've sort of wrestled with and played with over the years, has it ever bought you anything magnificent? Hmm, that's a great question. That's a really good question. I have to think about that. My first response is that it has held me back from things. Like I see it as a negative thing. Like I've been overly cautious. I've talked myself out of things that would have been good to pursue because it was going to get uncomfortable. Um, but yes, there has to be times where a no saved me energy and like laid down a boundary uh, for myself. But honestly, the first thing that comes up is, is a negative sort of thing, that it's been badly used to protect myself from something new. In this negative been badly used, does that hit you anywhere in your physical body? Yeah, it hits me right here, core, solar plexus, of just kind of keeping myself small in the face of discomfort. That's what comes up. Keeping yourself small in that face of discomfort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you like to do a little exploration in and around that feeling? Absolutely. Okay, just want you to get comfortable in your seat. Mm-hmm. You can soften your gaze, close your eyes, whatever you feel comfortable to do. Just want you to take a couple of breaths in and out. And we're just gonna do a really quick body scan. I just want you to breathe into the different body parts that I'm going to be mentioning. Top of the head, forehead, the ears, the eyes, the nose, the mouth, the neck, shoulders, upper body, hands, arms, Torso, solar plexus, the waist, lower body, the legs, toes. So why don't you take a couple breaths in and out? Call this hard no, this hard stop. Mm -hmm. What's happening 
what's, what's happening when I say that? It's in my mind. It's a, it's a tension and a reaction, like a program reaction. I can feel that. Like it's, it's a response. But really, it's myself trying to be helpful. It's an ego sort of response. So I can definitely feel it in my head, my neck, my upper body. And um, yeah, it just feels like it's my own static and it's okay. Like it's not too bad of a thing, but it's not necessarily helpful in a lot of these circumstances. So it's very helpful, as you said, to tap into it because I could feel exactly what it was by placing it in the body and I hadn't thought of doing it like that before. Is this static, does it give you a clear picture of something? Mm. It's funny because static, no, it's like staticky, like there isn't, it's sort of the energy that's staticky. So there, the, there is no clear picture vision that goes with that. It's sort of like in the static. It's like the energy around that, that tension prevents me from seeing anything else. What do you suppose is the origin story of that static? I think it's a childhood response of being nervous in a new situation and then just sort of freezing up because that's what, again, what that energy feels like. The static is like a freezing up in the face of something new and unknown. So it, it just feels like being a child, like going to kindergarten, being new at, at the, with the kindergarten group and not knowing what's going to go on and, and having that fear sort of paralyze up. So it's kind of ridiculous in a way because it like it's not necessarily anything that should be coming up, but it's there, right? It is like an honest response. In the different timelines of your life, can you pinpoint to a time when that surfaced for you? Yes, definitely in childhood. Uh, like I said, being kindergarten, I, re I have a really clear memory of being new in a town and my father dropping me off and I was just crying and holding onto his pant leg like I remember his brown pants because I was just clinging and there was so much fear and resistance around it just because it was unknown and I was going off into it on my own I didn't have the protection and um, guidance in that situation from my parents it was just new and so take me to like a few hours later. How were you, how were you like after they left you there? I know that from photographs that I was like upset for a long, like for hours. So I think it was probably hours where I was puffy and crying. And I, I think it was difficult for a while, maybe even days. But I do know that I loved that group and I loved that teacher. So the memories that came out of that time were really positive and loving after that initial fear. What did you, what did you feel you wanted at that time? Security, mm -hmm. security in what was and not have to go out and risk whatever I felt I was risking for this new situation it was like I just didn't want the new thing I wanted to stay the way things were I wanted things just to stay the way they were 
And in your life, things staying the way they are, has that served you well? <laughs> Very good question. Certainly, um, <clears throat> that on one hand, oh yeah, the honest answer is change is always happening and so embracing change is what serves me so no to just like they think that things have to stay in some sort of static situation static again no pun intended there um, is not helpful in your solar plexus you mentioned that change is not always helpful has that solar plexus been a guidepost for you in many ways it has become a guidepost recently. It's something I'm working on. I, I would say until like a couple of months ago, it's almost something I ignored. And I just put a lot of attention into like my mental and like the upper body and all of that. Like I'm just going to plow through with my mind alone. And uh, now I'm sitting in that solar plexus becoming much more sensitive to it. So when you think about like next steps with your life, right? You mentioned a few things you want to get off the ground and you want to do, but then feeling like, I don't know if I can say yes to everything. What makes sense to you to do? I get, oh, that's a great question. To, I don't know how to be more specific, but what makes sense is to do what I love and also benefits others and brings in the financial uh, equivalent, you know, in the sense like it brings in enough money and is also productive in the world and I feel good about it. Now, I know that like a more specific answer might be helpful, but that is definitely like what feels good to me. Is it realistic to want to do everything that on your list? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not to, sure, yeah. If you had to pick three items, what would those three items be? Out of my list, like which three items? Um, I know, and that's what I figured it was going to get down to. And I'm like, which ones do I choose? Like, definitely, I'm working on a book this year. So that book, my, my second book, that is definitely... Uh, a passion project my business uh, a new program membership program that I have that's a priority and artist my artistic project so yeah there they are you kind of forced me <laughs> to choose three and I did okay so artistic project your book and then you're also your sort of other option what are some of the ones that didn't make the cut um, another, like I have other book projects with other people. So we were going to, you know, work on, and there's a, a couple other workshops work with other people that are not exactly what I'm working on now. So those are, yeah, like on the sideline, those are the kind of things I'd love to also be able to do. And if you said no to that, is it a no because it's something you can't do or is it a no because you'd be disappointing other people in the process it would be like a bandwidth thing where i just can't take on all these things and so it would be nice to know 
now and not get other people involved and start on something that later I would. But I also think to start a project with somebody is good to explore. And if you have to, you know, bow out and then somebody else might come along with them for the rest of the ride, I don't know that that is a bad thing. So that's where I say, well, maybe I'll just put them all on the table. Or is that a distraction? that's going to lead to failure. That kind of brings back to the question, I'm not sure. If you said no to them um, from the onset, what would happen? I would feel that I'm not giving it a chance because there are things that I'm very interested in. It would also make me, make me focus on the things that I've said yes to. That those things would happen simultaneously. I'd, instantly put more energy into these the top three but I would also have the doubt of what am I leaving on the table here because these are exciting projects to me and I'd love to also have something happen with them so how could you reconcile the two that feeling I'm open to the all of it happening um, if I if like I should just focus on the top three because you know you can't do everything and you want to at least give attention to the top three so those happen then I think it would be yeah just a process of letting the others go like I feel like or let them go for now maybe that would be and to let those people know that I'm I'm interested but it's not something I could do this year or yeah, I'm not really sure exactly. Yeah, your body language is giving me sort of this hesitancy. Where's that head in, where is that source of that hesitancy? That I could do all these things and I could be doing these other things like part-time or not, you know, very minimally but still keep them going throughout the year so then it could grow a little bit whereas my other projects will grow this much and be a big tree. These are gonna be smaller, but then I could keep it going next year and tend the whole garden. That, so my hesitancy is, I don't wanna leave anything undone that I should be doing. It's like wanting to know, like through intuition, guidance, like here, this is what you should do. And that's the right thing for you this year and for your path. If you follow through on doing everything and not leaving anything off the table, what would need to happen in your life in order to actually manifest that? Mm. I would probably need to put more hours in my day and my work day working on all these things. Is that feasible? That's a very good question because my energy and what I like to do with my free time and, you know, other than again, back to the balance. Now we're getting back to I don't know what it is possible. I think I, I think I really should focus on the top three. Is there anyone in your life or that you know of in the media or in the world that you admire that does that all? Who does it all? Hmm. Again, a very good question. I'm not sure. I've got to tell you, I really admire uh, like the actress Lisa Bonet because she's like made it and then she stepped out and, you, you know, she's living in her 
in her house with her donkey and raises her kids. So I admire that. And I don't know that there's somebody who like does it all and has that relaxed, I'm going to live kind of off the grid. I'm sure there's somebody if I thought of it, but it's it, very interesting. Your questions are very good because it's getting down into some deep stuff. Which persona do you gravitate more towards? If, you, if I was to have you hold two things in your hand, the left hand, this idea of balance and doing only the top three, and this other aspect in your other hand of just exploring everything and making sure I have enough time, which calls out to you? Which is closer to your heart? The first option, the balance, focusing on three things, doing it well, and, and yeah. If you did that, what would other people's perception of you would be? I think it would be fine. I, th I think people would find like be great. You know, you're doing those three things. I feel like I have all that support. It's just me, you know, it's really my perception. I feel like all the resistance comes from myself and my own judgment of how I should be doing this. Okay, so if you were to look, your, look at yourself outside in, on this and you saw this person having balance doing the top three and then you saw this other person literally exploring everything and everything what is your perception of both individuals i think they're both great i, th I admire them both and I, I guess I'm more bewildered by the people that do it all. They just go, 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 go all the time. Those people are more like a mystery to me. And I, I think it's a different frequency or something. Whereas the, the balance and, and that is definitely what I want to emulate. Nicole, what do you want to be known for? For helping people express their truth you know helping people express themselves and for helping biodiversity like if i can make an impact some sort of difference on saving some old trees and helping the planet and do something like that that i don't know that i need to be known for that but I would love to have that impact. And I'd love to be known as somebody who helped people express their themselves. Yeah. From a human to human level, what do you think you've given to others? That ability to write, definitely the ability to write what they're thinking, what they're feeling and love what they write. Like that's my magic to help people express themselves in a way that they actually love their truth. Do you do you feel like the work has been done, or there's still more work to be done? Definitely more work to be done, and um, I'm excited to explore that with through art and all the things that I'm like going to be diving into with this book. So yes, there's a lot more work to be done. Okay, so you're on this road of writing the book. What are the other steps that you can do to cultivate a more harmonious, balanced life and going with that first option rather than the second one? Is having a, a routine in 
during the week having the rich the you know the the routine and to get things done in the morning because that's my productive time and be done by a certain time on certain days and have the other spaces completely open for my art for my exercise my you know bike riding and swimming and being in nature and the things that feed me is having that schedule and then within that having the freedom to to do that yeah but having the schedule which some weeks I'm good at it and then other weeks I'm off that completely and how can you show up on making sure you're on it rather than off of it how can I show up for myself well having a routine and like it's like a devotional space is what I, I call it because it is because it, part of it is meditating and but it's a devotional space to myself and to my goals and it's doing it every day or like Monday through Friday that I that I just stick with it no matter what that's a huge help as long as I stick with it I'm great and then if I fall off it I'm not I don't feel as good for a couple of weeks <laughs> So how would accountability play into this? Would be, yeah, accountability is great. I think accountability is so important and sharing with other people and having a group, you know, having a group of people that have similar kind of routines and being able to share it and gather and talk about it. That's always a huge help and not feeling isolated in the daily routine, right? Which has been such a challenge over the past couple of years, like just being in your own little world and you only have yourself to hold yourself accountable. That gets, gets tricky. Nicole, you spoke so candidly about that time when you were really young and holding on to your dad's pant leg, brown pants, if I remember correctly. What did that girl really want? peace and security and the it, from herself I mean she had all the love from her parents and her family but somehow she felt like she was losing it in that moment she was losing the security some fundamental thing and if she had known that she was great that she was walking in there and everything was wonderful and she was going to have amazing friends and that everything was wonderful. It's that, that's what would have made all the difference. And is that something that you would have believed if someone told you back then? Probably not, because it took me a long time in my life to come to that. And I feel like you're really hitting it on the head because that's what I need to just remind myself and that security. But it's, it was a long time coming. So how how do you work through that? What what have you done to get you to get yourself to where you are now? I have made a lot of decisions, choices that and then stood by them and then worked, right? Did the work behind those decisions and that proved to myself that I could do it. And when a particular pain point or obstacle came into your life, how did you like get through it? Well, I, um, 
a lot of the pain that I go through, I go into like a, to my spiritual practice. So get, it has a lot to do with prayer and intending. Like that is my go-to when the things are really bad. I light candles and say what I want and, you know, work on what I can let go. So there's a real deep practice there. And the other side of it, it and I think is, is more challenging for me, is that day to day get out there and just work like even when it doesn't feel good you know like the chop wood and haul haul water right you just you get out there and do the work and i think that's the part i'm working on more now you know because that it's it's more of a challenge to me just get out there and do it and and then things get done and the confidence comes from doing things and and meeting goals and learning things and moving on you know you know you mentioned a deep spiritual practice is there anything missing from that practice that you think should be added hmm i think more um routine with it again i think being more dedicated and devoted to that space and i'm it's something i've gotten better with you know i'm i'm working on that but I definitely can just be more dedicated that this is a part of my routine and showing up for it and just like owning it, <laughs> I think. Yeah, you know, you mentioned earlier about reminding yourself about the fact that you can do it, reflecting back on when you were a child. If you did that, what would change? I wouldn't have the static and all this anxiety around. I would just say, hey, you're just trying something new and look at, you've done it before and this is great. And you're, you're doing great. How exciting to be having all these new possibilities and all these options of where you can put your energy. This is great. You're gonna do great. Let's go have some fun. <laughs> Let's go have some fun. And you're smiling. <laughs> exactly, because it's like great that you got me to this. It's like so simple. And yet it's very profound because it is, it's just like the child going, no, I don't know. And then saying like, let's go. It's, it's good to know that because yeah, it's exciting. And Nicole, we talked a lot about sort of this wrestling feeling. How does that solar plexus, that area, what is it doing now for you? Yeah, it, it feels relaxed and but there, you know, it's like empowered, doesn't have the um, like acidic feeling, you know, it gets that clenched and uh, I have a lot of like when I'm stressed, it hits me in the digestive area and all of that. So it's like the opposite of of that where I feel <sighs> like I can breathe through my solar plexus. <clears throat> you know, this reminds me of that um, commercial Calgon. I'm dating myself here. Take me away. If you was to pen, pen this feeling, or hashtag this feeling, what would what would it say? Uh, inner sun, inner sun, inner power. Um, yeah, the the inner radiance of, you know, the source is right here, and yeah, it's <laughs> inner sun. Inner sun. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, are you complete? Is this a good is this a good place to transition into the interview? 
Absolutely. Thank you for that. I feel really good and like grounded with this. I appreciate the return to my body, like guiding me through that was really helpful. Sure. So Nicole Washburn, tell my audience more about you, your work, your mission, your passions, everything else about you. Sure. Awesome. Well, I'm a, a writer, a copywriter, a ghostwriter, and a book coach. I've come from my backgrounds in education. I was in Argentina for 23 years doing environmental education. And wow. yeah, wow. yeah. So it's basically working with people in the outdoors. And I love to get people writing in the outdoors, you know, grab a pen, a paper, and what comes up because that is my passion is the magic that comes up in that creative space when we tap into our source and see what amazing ideas do I have to share and then the whole process of getting beyond the writer's block. So I work with people helping them write their books, but I also work with uh, marketing content so it's like the other side of that it, there's the creative side but then there's the, the copywriting which is so nuts and bolts marketing and I love it just as much it's uh, so it's all about getting the right words for the, my clients niche market and how to get them emotionally involved to you know take the next step and work with them so Nicole, you and I connected because you were so kind to contribute to my interview series, I Survived Cancer, here's how I did it. Um, how was your reaction and, and how did that experience change you as a person? The cancer or writing about it? Both. The cancer? Well, um, the cancer changed me in a way that was uh, very marked and beautiful. Like I always say cancer's a before and after. Um, when I yes. first was diagnosed with breast cancer, I thought I was going to die. You know, I thought that was the death sentence. And I know a lot of people feel that and, and know what that feels like. And I would say that part of you does end there. Like to get through the healing, you have to let things go. So it was very powerful. It was frightening. It had its, um, it's, you know, what I had to pay to get through it and all of that. But I'm very grateful for the whole experience because I needed that transition into rebirth into like the new me or whatever, you know, to say it uh, that way. But um, it definitely brought me to a more authentic whole place in myself. And I also said, and I think anybody who's gone through cancer would also agree that you get to a point where you look back and you say, I will never do that again. I'll never eat this sort of thing again. I will, there's certain things in your lifestyle that you cut out and those are good things. So, and then writing about it was hard. Like the second part, if you said both things, writing about it was very challenging to go back through and process all those emotions. But we know that writing does that. I mean, this is the thing I love about writing too. It's hard, but when you get through it, oh, what a relief to get it out and then to share it with other people and hopefully other people get something from it. It's really a beautiful thing. So I really appreciate the, the space to be able to write and talk about it. You know, for a listener out there who really loves this idea of writing but doesn't really feel it could make them any money or they're just not supported by family and friends with this endeavor. What would you say to them? 
that you are a writer, you are a communicator, and as long as you give yourself the space, whether it's a notebook in your purse or in your car that you leave with a pen and you give yourself that space to free write or it's on a computer, but all you have to do is open the window that little tiny bit and allow yourself just to write any ideas that come up onto the page, you will prove to yourself that you are a writer. Every single person out there is a writer, unless you have some you know, neurological problem where you cannot do that physically and you need to talk it out. All you have to do is write what you're thinking and you'll always have something to say. And you're gonna surprise yourself with how many amazing things come out. And thinking about it, thinking through, is not the same as getting it out there. So one way or another, find your space, find your privacy, and just you with you, say, put it all out on the page, and you're gonna see that that space that's freed up inside of you, new ideas will bubble up, and you're gonna be amazed with your own brilliance. Is there a book or a song or a movie that has inspired you as a writer? And if so, why? Well, a uh, great question. All right, a couple things come to mind. So the book, I would say Natalie Goldberg's Writing Down the Bones is just a great uh, introduction and, and her her uh, instructions on how to free write her rules are just golden just take that and you'll tap into your brilliance like it's that simple and I love it I love Natalie Goldberg and a movie I'm gonna date myself now but a movie that comes up is the um, is Magnolia well, I don't know if you remember that where it's yeah, these, all these different stories and then all these weird different stories and different people, they bring it all together and everybody's actually interconnected. And I think that as a fiction writer, I love that they could do that. I love showing how we are all connected because it's challenging to do. And then to see the empathy that you can empathize with all these different characters and, and know that we're, we're all connected and so what one person's feeling affects somebody else. I, I find that really inspiring. Where would writers first start? With free writing, with just letting it all out and seeing what comes up and then getting a little bit of instruction, I would say from somebody who knows how to take you from there, from like the chaos feeling once it's all out on the page to order so I would say um, marrying or not or using both the wild muse that all these crazy ideas that come down and getting those down on paper and then using the editor that the, the stern you know this is wrong and you need a comma here bringing that part of yourself into the work is really helpful so most people can do one or the other, <clears throat> excuse me, but to have both, you, you might need some help from a guide. So I would, but, but the most important thing is to give yourself the permission and just write. Nicole, how has writing saved you? 
free expression, if I didn't have the space to get to what I'm really feeling, I wouldn't, I couldn't even guess like how life would be different for me, but I know that I would not be a healthy person and and emotionally, physically, or any way. But uh, for me, writing, when I don't know what it is I want to say, I write it out and then I find it on the page. I just don't know at the beginning. So writing and then using the imagination, using my imagination to project what I want is, uh, I, I, don't, I could not do anything without it. <laughs> to me, it's the golden ticket for everything. You've coached so many would-be and burgeoning and aspiring authors. What do you think keeps them stuck? It's their inner, like, fifth grader that's in grammar class. It's the little child inside. I've met so many people that have some story where they can tell me where they got blocked. It was because every kid loves writing and and using their imagination at first. Every everybody loves to like just start imagining these different things. And there's some point where somebody told them they are not doing it the right way. And in fact, they're bad writers and you have to write like this. And that's where people get stuck. And so I, with my clients, I, I give them the permission and then I give them tools. So they start writing really quickly. And then I teach them the little tricks they need to know to fix whatever little problems come up because the truth is a, it's just a rough draft. And then you go back at it and you, you, get a nice polished second or third or fourth draft. So it's all about permission and getting beyond that, the little child that's that's writing for their grammar teacher. And for that would-be aspiring writer who got the no or got the rejection, what do you suggest that they do to handle that? Send out 100 or 500 more because it doesn't mean anything until like one rejection, 10 rejections, 20 rejections, 100 rejections, they really mean nothing. You just keep going at it because sooner or later you're gonna get a yes and there's a million stories of people that got got published after 100 no's. And in today's world, let me just add, in today's world, we can all self-publish. So there is no reason just to get out there like you don't need anybody's approval except your own and you get help for all the things that you need help for with within that process you just get help so it's it's a go for it moment there's really no reason to hold back as a writer who's gotten a lot of works published what keeps your spirit still firing it's the creative part it's the the part that's always new and fresh and that's what happens when we write as soon as we hit the page, it's always something new. We don't know what's gonna come up. And that feeling of creative potential just is so invigorating. And again, the reward of coming up with amazing ideas that we didn't know we could even come up with is really awesome. (laughs) As a mentor and advocate who helps other aspiring writers, What do you think is your secret sauce? What makes you and your work different? It's expressing 
what I uniquely have to say. And we're all so different. It's really respecting the different things that fire me up and sharing that. It's like braiding together all the different passions that I have and putting it into my work. And just as you would collect all of your passions and all your ideas and unique experience and put it into your work. So that is just the the magic recipe for keeping everything alive and fiery and exciting. And the truth is, it's not just us. There's something else that comes through us, I believe, because we we do come up with things better and greater than we could have just thought up. It's just like, wow, I wrote that or I had that idea or I connected this. And that magic is exciting. I mean, it's always there. So... I think it's just the the potential every day and every fresh page brings. 100% agree with you. The idea, when I pitched to my editor to have that interview series, I Survived Cancer, here is how I did it. It was actually his titling, so I have to give him credit, but it was my idea to just focus on cancer survivors was, to him, was like a revelation. And then for it to be embraced and for it to be what it is today, it's just simply amazing. So I agree with you, the main hurdle is really believing in yourself that it could be something rather than disbelieving in everything that it can't can't be so absolutely wonderful well nicole this was so beautiful this conversation please tell my audience and listeners where they can find out more about you and your work awesome yeah absolutely you can check out my program on get content confidence so it's g-e-t and then content c-o-n-t-e-n-t confident.com and also nicolewashburn.com and uh you will see the the programs that i have and i work with another woman on some of them darlene my partner and so there's a lot of exciting things for entrepreneurs and solopreneurs and uh, passionate uh creative types out there making their mark on the world because it's an exciting time right we're all out there figuring out our passion and and offering it to the world wonderful well thank you so much nicole seriously this was really thorough i really enjoyed it thank you thank you savio i really hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast episode of the human resolve if you feel that others may enjoy this episode as well please share socially at The Human Resolve. You can also visit my website, thehumanresolve.com, where I offer one-on-one coaching sessions, a subscription to my weekly newsletter, where I probe into the secrets from living smarter to feeding your three brains, and my author website, isurvivedcancer.co, where you can purchase my number one best-selling book, I Survived Cancer and Here's How I Did It. 35 cancer survivors share their journey and view the book trailer, including excerpts from the book. If you could also help me out and give me a review and rating on this podcast platform, because I do care what you have to say, I would really appreciate it. Now, get out there, my friends, and get busy living.